hey, you came back. That's uh, that's super dope of you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm super pumped because we got a special guest this week, and this person is fantastic. Uh, she is powerful. She is motivating, and she definitely holds a special place in my heart. I have Ari Chambers here this week on For the Dub. All right. And if you don't know who Ari Chambers is, let me break this down for you. All right. She's a multimedia journalist, host and social media manager based in New York City. She holds a high mission to advocate for women's equity and empowerment. She's constantly using her sports background to empower women. Now, you know how I feel about sports. You know, how I feel about equity. You know, how I feel about empowerment. All right. I'm a super fan. Ari's worked in major sports leagues like the NBA, NHL and the WNBA. In 2019, she accepted a position to spearhead Bleacher Report's new platform, Highlight Her. Since then, it has grown to have over 70,000 followers. 70,000 followers, y'all. Highlight Her was the fastest growing women's sports platform for the majority of 2020. That's crazy. All right. Like I said, she holds a special place in my heart because sometimes I like to mention that I do work for the Minnesota Lynx, whereas I'm a writer and a co-host of a podcast coming out of Minnesota. Ari is the reason why I have that, all right? She did something from, like, a simple Twitter retweet. It's from her, all right? So when I talk about how she likes to empower and how she likes to advocate and how she likes to get women involved, it's real, all right? It's real. So um, I hope you enjoy this conversation that we have. It's honest. It's funny. It's raw. And as always, thank you for your support. Subscribe, rate, review, share, stream, all of that, all right? accepted i don't know i can never see it on my end so i never know we now we are live look okay. we're recording now we are, so i already did the intro like before you got on so you don't what have to say about me you want to actually hear what i said yeah one of that uh, okay <clears throat> no actually i can't it was too personal and okay. i forgot Fine. i forgot Fine. you're gonna Fine. have to just I'll listen wait. to the episode <laughs> i wait you have to listen because I mean I did like a brief bio but then I added like the personal touch to it I can't that recreate so those cute. moments <laughs> you love me if you love me just say it you the homie you the homie for <laughs> sure for sure um all right you ready we're just gonna jump right in uh-huh. you cool yeah. all right uh so I kind of want to know because you're such a like a avid supporter and advocate for women's sports where did this come from? When were you introduced to sports? Was it love at first play? Were you a spectator? Like what, what was little Ari like? Little Ari was a handful, but little Ari also made trips to NC state women's basketball games back in 97 and got to see, you know, the Wolfpack dominate under coach KL, which now they're back. Uh, you know how 91 and 92, their team was really good. Now we're back number two in the country. Yep. Just saying. Yep. Two's up. Um, but just being able to witness the greatness in women's basketball with the head coaches like Kayao and Sylvia Hatchell and Pat Summit, just being from the South, being surrounded by that, you know, that's all I knew. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the men's side because I had everything I needed as an example on the women's side and just going to those games and the players being so nice to me. I was always a cheerleader. So I never, 
I never have a desire to, you know, you know, suit up and just go out on a court, but like, um, just that lingered with me going forward. And then in high school, my best friend, Lakivia Boykin was an elite level player. So I would travel with her AAU team back then. They were the Garner flames. Now I think they're the Carolina flames and, um, Kiwi ended up playing at Wake Forest. And so that's how I know De'Erica Hamby and just like connections right. like that were made along the way that I was introduced to the sport at such a young age, loved it and in the people who played it and was always surrounded by it. So that, that little Ari was all up in the women's <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate that. Cause I, I, I grew up playing and you know, when we had a team, the Detroit shock, like that was, those were the games. That was my NC state for me. Like that was, me going Who's in. your favorite player on it? Who's your favorite player on Detroit? Okay, so there's there's a few, but Swing Cash always has a special play in my Period. I was like, you always. better be a Swim fan. Always. You better be a Swim fan. From Connecticut, and I was so happy when we got her. Uh, swing Cash, Deanna Nolan was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Going back to the 90s, like Lynette Woodward was, was, I had her jersey and everything. So that was, that was my squad. And I'm sad that. Yeah. So, so are you an Aces fan now? Because Bill is is in the Aces, you know. You know, I gotta say I'm a Minnesota Lynx fan because. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you see, um, I try to catch you up on your own pot. <laughs> for circumstances, and you know, Cheryl Reed was our assistant coach for a little yeah. bit, so you know, this we got some some history there. Um, catch you up, anyway. So I I actually kind of heard in an interview right that you is there something like you are a black belt. Or of some sorts. You or listen like- to me and Candace Parker talk, huh? Love, <laughs> that for you. Love that for you. Yeah, no, I'm a first degree black belt under Master Jun Lee in Master Psychosis Taekwondo. How, so, what can you do with that? Like, what what is like? Well, scary. Self defense says you can you can get out there and defend yourself because that is what Taekwondo principles are based on. Not just over here street fighting, you are defending. Um, but no, I, I can, these hands is right. The heart is right and so are the hands. Um, but no, it's, it's true. Um, but self-defense, I can break boards. I can break cement blocks. That's what I got. And I can, you know, on good days count in Korean, but we're not doing that on this podcast. <laughs> that was and the follow-up question actually, but yep. I'm not, we won't do it. We won't do it. Um, okay, so sports, watching basketball, did you, what was that after high school, right? Because you talked about traveling with AAU and NC and all that. What was co- college Ari like? What was that, what was that journey like? Um, <laughs> well, in high school, I did go to chaos basketball camps. So, I mean, she was no longer coaching, but I attended those camps. And um, yeah, so college Ari went to UNC Charlotte her first year and a half and was on the stomp and shake cheerleading squad got my first dose of black cheer and I was like feeling myself back then you know (laughs) when you get to when you get to battle people in that that's super fun um and again still really really close with the women's team really really trying to you know get their side of things and going to every single game and then transfer to NC State um cheered there again every single women's game I was there I was really really close to the um Maryland women's basketball team and so Brenda Freeze and coach Atkins back then he coached there and he ended up coaching for the Wizards but um took me in like family and I just really learned the ins and outs of elite level NCAA basketball um again frequented Wake Forest because Kiwi played at Wake and so did Asia and um Michaela and Dierica and then 
obviously NC State, I'm an ACC baby. So we have Duke and Carolina right there. And Duke and Carolina used to be really, really good. Uh, let's hope that there's a resurgence of, you know, ACC dominating undeniably. Um, but yeah, so college Ari was running around doing the same thing that high school Ari was doing because I had no parameters in high school, but we're not going to get in my wild days. That's not even what this podcast is about, right? So <laughs> <laughs> so again, I was a journalism communication media major and I had uh, a double major with English. And so telling stories has just always been my thing. Um, being surrounded by women's basketball has always been my thing and it carried with me. Okay. So you kind of, you, you're like, it's almost like you're giving the interview because you're just like setting yourself up for like my next question. So I appreciate that. It's almost that. like I do this for a living. It's almost like, like this is your job. That's crazy. It's almost like you're good at this. Uh, so coming out of, of college, how far in between was graduating from college and getting highlight hurt? Like what, what was that time span? You said woo child. Okay. Um, so I was supposed to be gone from college in 2012 and then 2013 and then ended up leaving in 2014, but whatever. I Listen, I hear um, you. I hear you. I I'm the same way. <laughs> I, I was supposed to come out in 2011. I didn't come out till 2016. I had and that's what it is. That's what pace. it is. We My just pace. Ways for each other. <laughs> um, but no, I was a model. And so I ended up going to New York City. And in 2014, um, I went to the garden to see Alyssa Thomas play. Um, again, you know, I was really close to Maryland. So went to see her play and noticed that the New York Liberty had, because uh, it was New York Liberty first Connecticut Sun and saw the Liberty and they had cheerleaders. And I was like, oh, I wanna, I wanna teal dress or seafoam dress. Like I wanna <laughs> bring people joy on Madison Square Garden because you know, cheerleading is my thing. So I wrote to the director and I was like, hey, I wanna do this. And she was like, hey, I think you should do Knicks first. And I'm like, hey, that's not what I asked you. So I ended up doing a whole full season of Knicks first and then getting to step into the Liberty um, Torch Patrol position and ended up really like finding my leadership there. But again, being surrounded by the game, meeting people within Madison Square Garden, because when you do work for the Knicks, you do the Rangers and the Liberty. Mm -hmm. So I was at MSG more than I was at home and just meeting people and witnessing like there only being three or four media members per game. And I'm thinking this is the world's most famous arena. This is the top 144 athletes playing. Why, why are their stories not being told? So what I did, because I had friends in the league, I knew when they were coming in town and I'd be like, hey, can I stop by your hotel room and like record? And they'd be like, yeah. And so I would prop my phone up and record. And it was not until 2018, the Bleacher Report saw what I was doing. So that's like years and years of work, like years of work. And this is like when I'm off a of cheerleading and model modeling salary, which is like modeling is so, you know, hit or miss. You never know when your next job is. So I'm over here crowdfunding for me to get to all-star games. I'm crowdfunding for me to get to final fours and just people who are believing in me, sending me there, like giving me money, investing in me, literally mm -hmm. like their the Twitter account, um, pretty Ricky Rue doctor. She's a doctor there. They're a doctor and they provided me the funds to get to I think it was 2018 women's final four, but just having those people invest in me and really getting me in those spaces. I worked and worked and worked, got my credibility up in the game because you know, the women's game wasn't saturated at all. And so you meet people really fast and um, being consistent in that coverage, Bleacher Report finally found me in 2018, offered me a job in 2019 to start their women's platform, highlight her. And that's where I've been since, but still engaging people on my personal account because I think that, that that's like a very, very, 
uh, it's my sweet spot because I'm very deeply connected in the women's basketball game as a fan, as the media, as like, you know, your homegirl from around the way that can deliver you news. <laughs> so. No, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, I kind of said it in the intro, but just to add like a personal touch is your personal account is what got me where I am right now. Um, you just, I don't, you retweeted something and I just happened to see it on my Twitter. I just happened to be on Twitter. I'm never, mm-hmm. I was never on Twitter like that. Mm-hmm. And you just, it was a simple retweet from someone in Minnesota, shout out to Tim. And they were like, we're looking for some writers. And I reached out to Tim and he was like, send me some stuff. I didn't have anything written. I had never written about sports. I love sports, had never done like anything recap wise or I didn't know the language. I didn't know how many words I should use. I didn't mm-hmm. know what to talk about. Um, I'm not from Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time I had just wrapped up a class on, um, I got my certificate in leadership in equity and education. Come on. <laughs> and <laughs> so the last paper I wrote was about social justice and social mm-hmm. injustice. And it was just heavily on my brain. And I just kind of went in and just started writing. I just typed like I was typing a paper and, um, mm-hmm. Send it off to Tim and he's like, we want this. We want you. Welcome aboard. And then he got a, a clip of a podcast that I host with my best friend called Skin Folk. And uh, okay. he listened to that and was like, do you want to co-host our podcast? And I was like, cool. And I immediately remember like jumping into your DMs like, you don't know me, but thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Much respect. Because it just it and and I think too, like knowing that you come from a system of people investing and giving back and, uh, and creating a, a path and, and allowing you to adventure and do all these things. It just shows the type mm-hmm. of person you are that you're also, you're doing that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that means a lot knowing that someone gave something to you and now you're like, I'm doing that for other people. Why wouldn't I, you know what I mean? So like, let's take it back to like, when I first started, I was just this cheerleader. So I needed to to form credibility. Somebody at ESPN told me at a draft like long ago that I worked, they were like, who's gonna take you seriously as a cheerleader? So what I did, I was obsessive about WNBA podcasts, but there were only like two that existed. And one of them was um, Howard Megdo's podcast. And he tweeted about, um, you know, back then it was called The Summit, The Summit Needing mm-hmm. Writers. And I, that, that jogged back a memory that I didn't even think about. Um, since then but I like talked to a couple friends who were in the league they're like yeah do it do it do it and so I started writing and that's what really got me credible Mm -hmm. and so because he poured into me and then like on a draft on one of the drafts I met LaChina and I was like hey you're my goals personified I want to be just like you and she was like I already know who you are here's my number let me know like so when she when her handle was lives to inspire that's true. She took me under her wing when she didn't have to do. So when I have Howard and Magdal doing that, when I have um, LaChina Robinson doing that, when I have my peers, Monica McNutt, Megan um, McPeak, Angel Gray, being so generous with their time and their talent and their knowledge and, and their warmth and their love, why wouldn't I, hmm. you know, try to create opportunities for people going forward? And, I, and it's, it's more than just saying like, hey, uplift women, empower women, uh, uplift Black people, empower Black people. It's just like literally like, I'm my whole career was because people believed in me. So why wouldn't I give, you know, back to that? I just words. I don't even know how to <laughs> respond to that. Sometimes that happens. And I just say words because 
my brain is trying to calculate. If, what you're, I if you had a co-host today, you know what I'm saying? Help you. Yeah, you Alex decided to not to. Like, yeah, she decided not to show up because she felt like I needed this moment to do this by myself. You know, <laughs> it's a growth. It was a growth experience. It's it's fine. Um, so I kind of want to thank you. I appreciate you. I want to go back to to highlight her because I know what it is. But if you could, I don't know what like give your your pitch about what it is how many times do you get to do that oh you're right um it's a culmination of everything that i'm passionate about so it's a community of women or women by women um or for allies you know by women that showcase women and girls of all ages abilities and sports doing dope things in the sports and culture realm so anything that's sports or sports adjacent and cultural <laughs> is within this this platform and so i really I wanted to utilize um, what I love was telling stories with UGC, which I learned from my homegirl, Chloe, like the power of UGC, we see what she's done with overtime. And then um, with highlights too, and just being able to put that all in one because you know men can go on any of these platforms and find it for themselves. Um, so it's time for women and women, women identifying people to really have, be represented uh, online and it's dope because now more and more platforms are coming up mm-hmm. showcasing this and that's what we want that's exactly what we want we want it to be normal that we have options to go to different platforms and just see because what I love about highlighter is it's been pushing me to grow because before I worked here at bleacher um I'd only done women's basketball but then I'm like, why haven't I covered cheer? I literally have been cheering for like, at this point, 25 years of my life. So why am I not, not covering cheer? I was a gymnast too. Like why gymnastics, volleyball, play volleyball. Why, why haven't I been talking about all this? So highlighter is that space where I can just show dope things on every, every spec, every, what is it? Piece of whatever you get it. But uh, <laughs> then I'm learning soccer and the NWSL community is embracing me and just seeing that that world exists out there. Like my first soccer job, our assignment was the U.S. Women's National Team, and I was on the float with them, and that was super fun. We just well, don't ask how. You're not gonna ask how. I stumbled upon the. <laughs> no, 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 no! You don't get to just say that and keep going. Mm-hmm. You were on the float. Yeah, and with Howard all of my was there. It's funny. Uh huh. It's funny because Howard was there. He was like, "Are right, how'd you get on the float? Don't ask questions. Just ended up there." Um. But even before that, uh, Ashlyn and Allie visited the office and we had a nice little kiki session in the studio and and just learning about them. And that's a whole new world. I love talking to Crystal Dunn. She's like everything to me. And so just these players getting to tell their stories, I, le- I learned that it's not just exclusive to the women's basketball community that these stories exist. It's all across the spectrum. So why not tell all the stories? And I've been having a lot of fun. Like I just talked to Z King, who actually went to NC State. Go pack. NC State with me. And now, okay. It happens. It happens. <laughs> you just went my I'm so sorry. Phone. It happens. Look. You saw, you saw, I saw it. You can't oh no, but um, I just talked with Z King and just being able to tell her story and, and things like that, that. It's just been fun. It's been super fun. But here's yeah. Tiger. I know viewers can't see him, but I can cute. see him. He's all over your social media though. So they should be able to see him. And shout out to Z King. I did an interview with her probably, this might have been like 
August. It was right before her birthday, around her birthday. Um, and she's she, a Virgo. She wanted everybody to know that. Everybody <laughs> got to know that she's a Virgo. So shout out to her being a Virgo. But she um, she was in Michigan not too long ago. And so we linked up and had dinner. Super dope. She's dope. She's like, I love it. She's just like, you know, how you just like black girl magic just kind of like mm-hmm. shines on people. Mm-hmm. Z's one of those people that you just like, you got it. Look, in my head, she's one of my best friends. Okay. And I think I told I was going to say I was, that. <laughs> best friends. <laughs> like, it's cool. Like, it's fine. She's super dope. She's super dope. But I, I, I definitely want to jump into. You mentioned the NWSL. We talk, we've been talking about the WNBA this year or this past year, rather 2020. I forget we're in a whole new year. Time is irrelevant for me right now. With <laughs> what you saw uh, from the NWSL, from them, you know, being the first major sport to come back and mm-hmm. having the Black Lives Matter t-shirts on and them being so vocal. And then the summer of Say Her Name in WNBA. What did that feel like as a Black woman covering sports I mean I know what it felt like as a spectator but what did that feel like for you so I was accustomed to the WNBA doing it right because we're a league of black women that really have to fight for our humanity but to just see the allyship within the NWSL joining you know us in our fight I thought that was super dope because everybody in 2020 had to sit down and really take a look in the mirror and be like how am I helping progress society how am I valuing humanity like I need to be doing am I siding with the people who really need me to Mm -hmm. um and I think that's what NWSL did they really stepped it up and really educated the players and and had these discussions within and you could see the direct result of that because I, I can't I can't confidently say that that would have been the case a few years ago with that league. So, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm new to the league, so I don't want to step on toes by saying that, but I can't confidently say that there would have been an act of solidarity like that um, before 2020. So I shout out to them for really opening up their eyes to what's going on and in, in setting the standard for, you know, leagues that aren't 80% black women. <laughs> That's really important too, to acknowledge like allyship and co-conspiracy really, really matters and regarding black lives matter and say her name because um, it, it comes, it hits different for people who aren't affected by, by systemic racism it hits different for them to step up on behalf of us and that's not saying step up in place of us it's it's mm. helping uplift us because I'm always black women to the front when when it's our when it's our experience we need to be speaking on it but when we have those white co-conspirators and white allies um they can help spread the word to people who aren't willing to listen yet to us 100 yeah I was watching the the game last night and um you know Chrissy Mewis scored scored a goal and uh, there was like all these pictures just kind of flooded my timeline. And there was one that I came across that she had a shirt on. I don't think it was from this game, but it might have just been from like the the cup where it said, you don't have to be black to be outraged. And I was just on her mm-hmm. shirt with her uniform on. And it just meant, mm-hmm. again, right? We want black women in the front. Like we we deserve that. We, we, we are owed that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also refreshing to know that there are allies out there and that's in the Mm -hmm. professional world in our personal world as well right I'm finding friends that are having tough conversations with me now and uh people that don't necessarily look like me or identify with anything that you know I'm affiliated with want to to have open conversations so 2020 was definitely that year of a pivot for everyone like I had to learn how to have those conversations with people that don't look like me which was tough 
you know the language is different it's, it's, i gotta code switch i gotta do all this stuff <laughs> it's funny because i was always growing up i was kind of like i don't like the word token but i i I was raised in an affluent neighborhood. I was surrounded by a lot of white people. Um, so I've always had to have these tough conversations, even though they, it, it seems to be like when you are around a lot of white people growing up, um, they see you as beyond race, but it's like you have to acknowledge the color. So I've had these tough conversations with people for the past few years about how it's not, it's not to our benefit for you to not see color, right? That's not a thing because when you don't see color, you don't see me. So really having to challenge my my non-black friends being like, no, you need to see this blackness. You're gonna get this blackness, <laughs> this blackness. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just carrying that up. And I, I felt more empowered to speak out and emboldened to speak out because now everybody's speaking out. We're coming together as a collective. And that's what, you know, it transpires to the WNBA because they are always coming in solidarity doing things so they're that's why they're so audacious in everything they do because it's such a unity between them this like a synergy between them that they can speak out as one unit and that's what that's what i felt this year like hey who's gonna check my blackness last year like in 2020 i wish you would tell me how to navigate these spaces how to talk in these spaces but i felt emboldened and empowered because you know, I see, well, first of all, I can't avoid it anymore. You see the tragedy that's happening. Who am I to be quiet when I see Breonna Taylor getting murdered like that? You know, George Floyd getting murdered like that. Who am I to be quiet? But I feel even more empowered because I have friends like Natasha Cloud that are on the front lines. I have friends like Renee Montgomery who are, I mean, she works harder than Beyonce at this point, just okay. spreading the good words. So yeah, that was my 2020 communicating. <laughs> I feel that. So you you dropped the line during the 20. 20- 20 WNBA season and it's literally I've seen it everywhere whether it's a father posting a picture of his daughter in a jersey or if it's I don't know something cute or something like political but the line is and correct me if I'm wrong I might be saying it wrong but you have said in the past the WNBA is so important Mm -hmm. that's the line that's the line that's the line you said from last year. Now, this actually dates back to when Swing Cash was playing because she's the one who encouraged me to actually start that line. So it's funny because there's so much new interest in the WNBA. So this ain't new. We not new to this. So you telling um, me my I, Swing Cash is the one that dropped that line? No, I dropped the line, but it's because of something she did when she was still playing. So I was a cheerleader at the New York Liberty and Swim was still playing and we had junior NBA camp together. I would go to all the camps with the players because I had to help, you know, do things around camp. And she was singing to the campers, if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you got to wake up and pay attention. The thing from Sister Act 2. And I recorded it on my phone because my phone was my lifeline. You see how many opportunities open up for me and put, put it on Twitter. And that's when I first did the WNBA is so important. Didn't think anything of it. Then I was with Lisa Leslie a couple months later and she was talking to a little 13 year old girl and you can just see the joy in that girl's face. And so I said it again. And so when I see players hand, you know, their shoes to kids and, you know, just be dope off the court, it, it, it happened there. And then obviously I started energy for things more, more so on the court and game related, but like, that started back when before Swin retired 
because wow. of the dope work they were doing. And it's gotten a lot of traction now because thank God we have more people invested in the game. And so you see it a, a lot more, like there's a lot more visibility in women's basketball, but that's just a term I've been using for years. And I'm so happy that it picked up the way it did because now there's a way to find out these dope moments. All you have to do is type in Twitter. The WNBA is so important. You can see everything there. And so, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I didn't know. Sorry, yeah. someone. <laughs> but it makes sense though it makes sense though um so you you've kind of been dropping all these names right lisa leslie swing cash natasha cloud renee montgomery all these people that you know or have crossed paths with what have been like i don't know three most memorable interviews that you have had with people um okay i'm gonna start with one that's not a woman um, I was really impressed by Snoop Dogg and his investment in the women's game and how much he loves Cheryl Miller. Mm. Like, that's that Cali love. And I, yeah, exactly. And I know all about Cheryl Miller, but he was just so passionate about her. And I just think that that was so incredibly dope to see. Like, it's not a front, yeah, it might be LA centric instead of women's basketball centric, but he was really, really like telling me. And I asked him a starting five of like, you know, athletes of all time, all of them he listed were women. Wow. I thought that was incredibly dope. Um, so that, that was really, really cool. I always love talking to Candace. There's something just about Candace Parker that like, I mean, obviously like she's my friend, but like there's something just about her that just brings out the best in me and just seeing her growth on and off the court. Like, you know what I mean? Like personality wise too, outspokenness, speaking up on behalf of, you know, black rights and like, women's rights and you know her ties with motherhood and just seeing Lay grow up like it's always fun talking to Candace um and then I always enjoy talking to Candace she's the best right I that she's my goat and I don't care I'm that's the hill I'm gonna die on that's on Uh, cap 100 100 I'm with you on that I'm with you on that way transcends generations and everything okay literally the reason why we have the game this way now um but and then my most impactful interview was Tierra Ruffin Pratt telling mm. me about um the murder of her cousin on the night she found out she made the mystics and um and how how much it hit home for her uh, the Black Lives Matter movement this past year and just seeing everything come to light and really being able to make you like be the catalyst for change that was really really uh impactful <laughs> so yeah 100%. Yeah, I remember reading that the article that she put out when when they announced the I believe I don't want to mess this up, but I think it was called like the social change board or whatever the WA was doing with Sydney Colson and Satu was on there. Tierra was on there. Um, OK, follow up question. Three people that you haven't interviewed that you want and feel free to drop my name. It's fine. I'm just saying. Hey. Uh, but I think that's what we're doing today. Watch me flip this interview on you. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. I really, okay. So I've done a vision board party with her, but I really want to do Simone Biles. Ooh. I just feel like I would want to do like a creative, like segment with her and like tumble with her because yes. you know, like cheerleader background versus gymnast, obviously she's exponentially better, but like I can hold my own, like a little bit tumbling. I can't do files, but like, I I can give you, I can give you up to level five. Um, but, and that's level five cheer, not level five gymnastics. But, uh, so Simone, I would love to really get an energy full 
um that's not a word but I made it up an energy full interview with Serena because I feel like a lot of times she's so calm I want to see like that that side of her and the tutu dancing around mm. I would love to do Serena um I'm trying to think of anybody in the basketball world that I haven't done that I would want to do like I I, I don't know from the basketball world of anybody that I I haven't talked to and that's not to sound arrogant or anything I just no, I hear you, I, I hear you. um any hmm. coaches come to mind? Any? Let's see. I would want to do a deep dive into Cheryl and Cynthia and Tina's now. Uh, that's like a, a, a content piece I would love to do. I've talked to all of them. And then obviously, you know, I'm probably, you know, most tight with Tina just because she now coaches in the ACC. But like, I think that I would really want to get to the, the psychological effects of like, you know, going from a dynasty and then to like kind of like swept under the rug even though like Cynthia just released an article about it and we mean we see Cheryl's been very vocal about it but just like really diving into that I yeah after I read Coop's uh article I went back to my parents house and dug up this picture that I have with her from like the Detroit auto show she's Mm -hmm. like holding my brother and I just remembered again she's one of those reasons why I fell in love with basketball and then not understanding at that age what she went through to get mm-hmm. to the Houston Comets that time me thinking she just got there right I, just there I, right up in there no <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't realize her age I didn't understand her work ethic I didn't know that she had been overseas wasn't even a thing for me when I was seven and eight like I didn't realize it I didn't I didn't understand it and so now as an adult, it's like this woman worked her ass off mm-hmm. and it's and crazy we're still we killing players. people. We, we praise players for being like 34, still playing when these, these women well into their forties, we got Nancy Lieberman at 51 because Bill Lambier was like, Nope, you're not retiring. So like, what, you know what I mean? Like you have these players that are uh, popping up, like the beginning years playing like 46, 49, 51. And you're like, how the heck did you do that? Listen, I can't, I can't even, I mean, one day of, working out I'm like oh I'm a little stiff let me just you know uh I can't imagine playing full contact elite basketball <laughs> in my 40s it's just crazy no I don't even want to imagine my I think started at like what 46 like just yeah. crazy craziness it's crazy it's funny that you dropped that Nancy Lieberman because I was at that game um <laughs> that's like, not, all right I'm not I'm not you're not doing that come back come back please oh Bill oh Bill um Okay, so we we talked about the WNBA. I'm gonna I'm gonna test you on your NWSL, and I'm doing this because I appreciate you. No, I'm doing this because I appreciate you, and it's Uh not a test. It's not a test. You just said test. You literally just said test. It's a it's a it's a a quiz. Uh It's a quiz. Are you googling NWSL? Uh (laughs) Yes, that's me. Okay, Okay, what's that? So you, 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 you got into this community this year. Uh, Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. You were welcomed with warm arms. Like, I mean, the moment you tweeted it out, people were like, this team, this team, do this, do this, do this. Mm -hmm. Remind me, who were you rooting for last year? Who was, who was your team? So I'm, I'm going to give it to you straight. When I grew up, I grew up on what, like, okay, my cheer gym growing up was on Western Boulevard, which was right down the street from where the Courage played, um, or they still play there, right mm-hmm. there. And then for some reason, I remember me and him being there. I don't know why, but I've always been like leaning toward the Courage, right? Home ties. 
Um, but then I tweeted it and everybody attacked me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stay hometown and I can like, I can bail myself out by like still claiming the courage. Back then it was called the Carolina courage. Now it's the NC courage. Shout out North Carolina all day. Um, so that's one. I obviously have to root for Sky Blue because Elise and Freya are like the homies. Like that's just, you know, Swaggy and Freya are right there and they have a bomb front office. But I have an affinity for Chicago because, you know, all the love is right there. The Chicago Red Stars, they are everything. And then my friend plays for them, Sarah. So okay, <laughs> Sarah, okay. Sarah Gordon? Just, yeah. You just keep, you just keep dropping. She's Jordan Brand family. Not that I'm like, like exclusively sponsored by Jordan Brand, but that's Jordan Brand family. Um, long story with Jordan Brand, but yes, um, Sarah, that's my girl. Um, and so I was, I was rooting for Chicago in the finals. So. Okay, that makes me feel better because at, at some point I thought you were rooting for the Dash last year, and I couldn't. Oh, I have no ties with Houston Dash. I mean, okay. I might now. Who knows? But Chicago, I... Sky Blue, and Courage. Especially because okay. I know this isn't about, you know, I'm letting you talk, I swear. Um, but especially because I went to the Courage game last year and it was literally a monsoon. I mean, I'm talking like, should we seek shelter kind of rain? And I'm like, why are people still in the state? <laughs> they were like, oh no, we're going to wait till the rain stops and we're going to just drain Die them. hard. Die so, hard. There are like inches of rain on this field. And they were like, oh no, we can drain it. I'm like, this is, y'all have a different breed on the soccer world. Basketball, if it's lightning too much, I am not going. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going. Y'all over here playing outside in it. Craziness, crazy me. So shout out to y'all in the soccer world. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a whole different community. I've I've learned that, right? Because Detroit doesn't have a team. So the closest is Chicago. And I went to my first game 20, again, I don't know what years are anymore. It would have been 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a playoff game. And that was my first experience. And that was wild. <laughs> wild. And I had met up with some friends that I had known for a while, but we never met like physically. Like we've just been like mm-hmm. online friends met up with them tailgated had the whole I mean just the whole experience it reminded me like being back in college like college football and um got to the stadium just it was I can't put the experience into words and then on top of that seeing the Chicago med uh tv stars at the game yeah pictures with them that was dope and then you know, the players going in the tunnel and then coming back out and, and mm-hmm. signing autographs and throwing shoes up and jerseys and all so that. Why wouldn't you want to go to women's sporting events? Come on now. They're so, I mean, pre-COVID, they're so accessible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really just dap them up. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. They were super chill. Um, And it was, yeah. So I, you know, COVID kind of messed up my plans, but I'm hoping that next season whenever we're out of this pandemic i'll be able to get to more uh chicago chicago although you know i'm looking into louisville i'm gonna do some research see what kind of team they got and uh yeah but i think i'm gonna I'm stick with chicago because they just got mal pew and and i'm a she I'm a makes fan. Smile, and i don't know why she just makes me smile she just seems <laughs> like she's a good person and you yeah. just like you can't help it i feel yeah. that um Last and final question, though, because I'm not going to take up too much of your time. If you could give some advice to someone that is trying to reach where you are, not trying to be who you are, but trying to reach where you are, um, what would you 
what would you break down for them? What what are the, the the PowerPoints or what are some things to stay away from? What what advice would you give them? Yeah, there's so much. Wow. So I know a lot of young people that want to work for major companies, right? They want to work for these bleacher reports, ESPNs of the world. But I mean, if that is the path that you choose to do, don't go into it thinking like, oh my God, this is the best company ever. Think of like, oh, I'm the best person for this company. And this is what I can offer that's unique to everybody else. A lot of people want to join the sports world um, and it's oversaturated. So you have to find that white space and how you occupy that is going to be like, that's going to gauge your level of demand. Right. So back when I started, there was nobody really covering the WNBA that looked like me, was my age, did it the way I did. So I occupied a white space that made it appealing to these bigger companies. I did it on my own before I got my yes. Um, and and it, it just it just made it so that when I was hired by a bigger company, I could do things my way. So that's one thing. Occupy a white space. The second thing is don't wait for your yes. Like if this is something you're passionate about and would just, I would encourage you to not wait to start it. Nothing's like, it doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be all pristine and nice and perfectly wrapped. Like do it your way. Another thing is do it your way, right? You want to have a brand that you can upkeep all the time. Nothing that's fake about it. Nothing that you would have to I'm not big on code switching. If I'm going to be like, what's popping? I'm going to be like, what's popping? You know, like whether that be in a meeting or whether that be on an interview or, you know, it's, it's something that you should really keep consistent. Like if you want your brand to be curly hair with red lip and big bamboo earrings, so be it. And that's what I made. I did. I saw the traditional folds of journalism that I didn't necessarily identify with because I don't like primping. It's just not my thing. So I'll throw on a red lip. I'll throw on a lash. I'll throw on my bamboo earrings and I don't want to press my hair out. And I know my friend, Brittany, who worked in hard news, um, made news because she got kicked out of her network or she left her network because they wouldn't let her wear her natural hair. And that's never some, like, I don't want to give false expectations of what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you authentically me. So I don't have to switch it up and it will be jarring to you. Another thing, be in alignment with um, what you want, like have the company that you work for or what you do being in perfect alignment of what you want to do. So the values, I paid attention when, you know, everything was like unraveling for Black Lives Matter to those companies. And I'll speak on record for this. And I, I, I hope this is no reflection on you, Tay, like Madison Square Garden. I'm glad I got out when I did, because when everything happened with Black Lives Matter, they couldn't they couldn't take a stance about it it was very vague and dolan really gave like a really like a very troubling response mm. i'm so glad i got out of there because i it's not in alignment with me if you can't sit there and say racism is bad then you're probably not the one for me right and if you can't if you can't do with how i tweet because i'm very vocal about blickety black 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 i'm very vocal about doing right by humanity um if that's going to be something that's discouraged i can't be affiliated so shout out to bleacher report and warner media and turner sports that knows how we talk and lets us talk that way because they allow us to have that voice so don't let anybody shut you up so all in all my advice is don't wait for your um yes just do it anyway be in be in alignment have a consistent brand and yeah occupy that white space i just got super inspired yeah i i 
Okay. I know I said that was the last thing, but there you is one more literally, thing. Literally, you have blocked out an hour and a half of my time, so we're not even 45 You minutes. agreed to this. Uh, literally, you can take a time. <laughs> okay. So at the end of every episode, um, I like to ask people, you know, this whole podcast, and again, I'm, I'm going to make it personal and credit you because this is something that I've been sitting on for a while and you just kind of, you know, gave life to like, don't wait, don't wait for that. Yes. Just do it. And that's what 2020 was. It was like, I'm not doing anything else. I have the time to do it. Why not just do it? Um, And this podcast had just been an idea that I just shelved for years, for Mm -hmm. years, because I was working or I was too busy or like relationships and like all this stuff that I made excuses for when really I have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about celebrating women and, and acknowledging our wins, whether it's a high win or a low win. So I want to know for you, have you had, I know it's only Tuesday, but that's okay. Think like yeah. think in, in a week increment. So last Tuesday to this Tuesday, have you, do you have a win that you can share with people? Like a high win would be something like, you planned for it, you, you made a goal and you reached it or a low win is something that was like unexpected and just kind of, you benefit from it. It was still significant for this week. Yeah. Oh God. Um, let me think, uh, a low win because it's still in, in, in talks is really planning for black history month. I really get energized by, um, by talking about black things yeah. <laughs> and shining light on black stories. Um, so anytime I can do that is really great. And just seeing, you know, the investment in that this year, is very different than what I've seen before. And so that's really cool. Um, yesterday, going on this black theme. Um, black Twitter. In black Twitter. So NBA on TNT, um, shout out to my Turner Sports fam. It's kind of surreal because, you know, you grow up looking looking up to these people. Like, I love Carrie Champion. I love Jamel. Like, I love, I might not always agree with, you know, Jamel's takes because they're, they're very, very, you know, convicted. Um, but I love her conviction, right? I really respect the way she goes about everything and just speaks her mind no matter what. I love the way Carrie, hand, like, carries herself. When you she walks in a room, that's a bad woman, okay? <laughs> this is bad as hell. So, uh, can I say hell? Anyway, she's just yeah. bad. This explains so, the content. Okay. <laughs> like, I want I want that like that impact and then command in the room. And so between Jamel's like conviction and Carrie's badness, I'm like, yeah. And so to be on that and then on the same like segment as them, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then seeing LaChina in there, again, she's the one who gave me my opportunity. I look at her like, yes, that's the one who really got at me. And she didn't have to stoop down, you know, and, and pick me up. Um, but just to see us collectively do that, that was a really big, actually, that was a big one for me, um, that airing. And then like hosting it, like Taylor, like that's my sis, and her like introducing the segment. It's, it's just really cool that this is like my my little family and mm-hmm. and we all want the common good and just we all are so different, but we blend together really well so shout out to morgan mitchell for making that happen <laughs> Turn That's dope. yeah i watched that this morning i think i like saved it on ig last night um thank I, you for having my engagement <laughs> listen listen and, and I, I went back and looked at it and i was like yo this is dope because black twitter is a thing and mm-hmm. i think it was who i think it was like lexi brown who tweeted like some of my white friends asked me how to get on black twitter or something mm-hmm. like that and i just mm-hmm. died laughing because it's like yeah. You can't get on it. It's not a, it's not a, 
It's not an app. Right. Like we just, and we out here. I hope that we all share common experiences and we all like, you know what I mean? Like my favorite was um, the Black Thanksgiving. When we realized <laughs> that we all grew up exactly the same. <laughs> like that was like, like, what? And so, and then just the way we can, like me and Jamel said it, like the way we can just turn trauma into comedy is just yeah. so great. <laughs> Listen, the what was that two weeks ago at almost two weeks ago at the Capitol and Black Twitter was on a, a hoot. I like, like we told y'all with the little with the little we told y'all. <laughs> Listen, it was one of those things where I was just I was almost like crying in tears laughing from from what people were tweeting because it was yeah, as scary as that moment was, there was like that little piece of black Twitter that was like, you know, keeping me afloat. So I, I appreciate them and honestly I appreciate you. Like I said, I didn't think you would get back to me so soon but i did and we did this That's thank great. you for mimicking my robot i appreciate that some people <laughs> don't some people don't know how to respond to that um <laughs> but i mean i truly appreciate appreciate you i'm always going to root for you you like i said i have a, a a little soft spot for you right here just for the things that you've done for me um that you know and some that you don't know right just just being you so Thank you. And I'm hoping that this inspires other people. Um, and if you aren't fucking with Ari right now, you're going to fuck with her after this episode. I, I didn't know we could say fuck. I would have been saying fuck all this whole time. Oh, this is explicit content. This is. Oh, you didn't tell me that. You, you want to record? You want to go back? Stuff? I mean, <laughs> speak a little fuck in there. Speak a little fuck. Anyway. <laughs> We can re-record if you want. We can go back. You can drop all the fucks that you want. I just, you know, it's up to you. But um, I appreciate you. I thank you. And um, just yeah, this is dope. I was nervous all day. I'm gonna be honest. Like, we could have done this earlier. You could have saved yourself some sweat. No, I had to. I had to get through my day because I was like, yo, this Ari Chamber is like. I was like texting my friend and my mentor and she's just like deep breaths, deep breaths. And I'm like, oh, but you, so don't, cute. you don't understand who this is to me. And my friend was just like, you have to breathe. It is if you love me, just say it. If we're fam, just say it. I mean, we've been fam. I told you. We was, <laughs> we was fam all the way summer 2020. We You just didn't know it yet. But now you know. <laughs> now you know. Um, but no, thank you, Ari. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you.